With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn. back to the sports complex on a friday afternoon before the holidays i knew what day it was nailed it nailed what day it was friday afternoon before the holidays it's a big show as we get ready covering five days worth of material uh we're gonna try and jam into two hours today some more audio from the sark press conference yesterday talking about the big signing day that texas had We'll get into a little bit more Texas and Washington. Patrick's big fat poll of the day, of course. Some uh, bowl picks coming up. Uh, not a not a bunch of big goals this weekend, but some next week before we're back on the air. The NBA action kicks off and some, some good old Christmas games for MLB. Some Christmas games for the NFL as well. A lot of really good stuff coming up on the show today. The Dodgers once again breaking the bank to... Help make MLB not as much fun for most people. What a joke. What a joke. What a all right, joke. We'll get into all of that. And, of course, your text messages. 512-447-3776. Oh, and we didn't mention a big win for Texas basketball. Huge win. Win. Over what Jacob has told me might be the greatest team in college basketball history. Well, you, you just caught them on an off night they, or an <laughs> off afternoon. You see, that's the problem. They're so used to playing primetime games, being in the spotlight, that the afternoon game threw them off. By the way, uh, we you guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rails. So whatever you guys want to talk about on the text line, you guys, questions, comments, concerns, send that in on the text line. We'll talk about it, especially on a Friday before the holidays. We're going to be off the rails all show. Oh, yeah. So you guys be off the rails. We'll be off the rails. We're just going to go into what and flow around and see what we can get into today. Uh, but uh, myself, Patrick Davis, across from me, Jacob Standard. Jacob Standard is uh, from, had gone to Texas A&M Corpus Christi, who is who Texas just played. Uh, the game just finished minutes before we came on the air. Uh, with a win for the Texas Longhorns. So te- so Jacob was kind of rooting. You couldn't lose this one? No, couldn't lose this one. But they also stayed within the number. So Durs up, Shakas, whatever they do now. I know it was Durs when I was there. But <laughs> shows how, how closely I've been following the team since. So, well, when I was there, back in my day. I didn't know they were playing Texas today until Patrick texted me. You, about- knew they were, you knew they were playing. You did not know it was at 2 p.m. Yeah. And we knew they were. We had they had a game on Friday. I was unaware <laughs> that it was a two p.m. game until I was starting to look at stuff today, and I was like, "Oh, it's an early game. Make sure to get in there." But by the way, we're still working. We did not get off for this game. No, we were here. You know, uh, shout out to Ty and Brock who did the morning show this morning, filling in for uh, for Rod and uh, Aaron. But we're we're still we're filling it. We're finishing out the week strong here on the sports complex. So we hope you join us. On the text line uh, to get to the basketball game to wrap it up, uh, we were watching it here in the studio. Uh, there's not a ton to get into. Dylan DeSue is starting to look a little bit better. We see he's getting the spring in his step, so we know these 
there's going to be some issues with the foot, but he did have some big plays, getting some big blocks there. As the game got a little close down the stretch, he has a big block when uh, Texas a Corpus Christi cut it down to six. With about five minutes to play. About five minutes, he gets a big block, comes back down, first one down the court, gets a score on the other end to push it back out to eight, and then Texas was able to push away. So we're seeing some of the good stuff with Texas uh, – with Texas, what they're doing with Dylan DeSue coming back, he still came off the bench tonight. So there is, you know, they're still working him back into it. I'm assuming he'll be in the starting lineup by the time they get to Big 12 conference play. But he is working back into the game right now. He finishes uh, with four rebounds and 11 points. Uh, you also see some other good play there from. Uh, Dylan Mitchell gets uh, a total of 14 points, leads the way. Max Acemus has 14 points. Tyrese Hunter, again, a better game uh, than he's been playing recently. He has 11 points. Brock Cunningham has 10 points. Uh, Caden Shedrick, not a big impact in today's game. Uh, Dylan DeSue's coming back. They're going to have to work out how those guys are playing together. But uh, a decent performance there. Yeah, Dylan Texas. Mitchell led the the game in rebounds, 13 of them. That's, yeah, Dylan that's Mitchell, the number that popped out to me. And, and that's one of the things with Dylan Mitchell that you like to see is that Dylan is continuing to grow as a player and continuing to grow as when you're playing against teams that are not going to be as fast and as strong and don't have the players, you have to dominate those games physically by going and ju- out jumping out of the gym and getting the rebounds and, and you know getting to the boards on offense and defense that, to me, is what you want to keep seeing him doing because he's going to have to elevate that at that level to then be able to do it with the bigger teams as you get into conference play and, and, and continue and hopefully into the tournament at the end of the year. Yeah, because if you take an opponent like A&M Corpus Christi is and you kind of shove it to the side and you just decide we're going to shoot the ball better than they are because we're just better basketball yeah. players, that's where you open up the door to get beat. Yeah, so we'll come back to that a little bit later when uh, we see a little bit more of the stats and everything gets put out for all that. We'll get back to that. Uh, we are going to get into some, uh, but I do want to get to more of the audio because we had to miss some of the audio yesterday for uh, Sark's presser about uh, signing day. Of course, a big signing day for Texas and a couple of the areas that Sark wanted to get into and things that I know uh, this is an impact area for Texas. This is an area that Texas has looked at and all Texas fans and especially going to play against Washington People are looking at this area, and the first question he gets asked at this press conference was about the secondary, and they've done a pretty good job. You know, they brought in a transfer. They have now brought in uh, they they Kobe Black and some other players. They've really worked hard to improve this secondary through as many means as they can. Sark was asked about it yesterday. The importance of improving the secondary for Texas and the importance of recruiting heavily in the secondary this offseason. Well, yeah, I, I do. I, I think that when we went into the year, <clears throat> clearly we knew it was a position that we, we needed to, we needed to, hey, how, how are we going to continue to recruit the types of players that we want to play with? And you know, we've been talking for a couple of years now about wanting to be tighter in coverage, right, and playing a style of defense where when you're, when you're tight and confident in coverage, you can be aggressive at the line of scrimmage to get to the quarterback. So we want to make sure that we could recruit you know, all these players that we recruited, all six of them have good size and good length. They're really good tacklers, but they all have the ability to play coverage and play man coverage, whether they end up being a safety, a star, or, or a corner. And so, and then with some of the attrition that we got at the safety position and at corner through the portal, um, we really had to fulfill uh, some of those spots. And um, we were able to do that. I thought, like I said, Coach Joseph, Coach Gideon did a nice job identifying some of those guys. And then, and then finishing the job and, and getting them on board today. So basically one of the main areas that you could tell he very wanted to get into with the secondary was you want to be able to have guys that are versatile. We can't try and bring in somebody who's going to be the best nickel corner or the best boundary corner or the best whatever corner or the best safety. We need somebody who can kind of – we need to try and get recruits that we can find out where they're really good in our system and have them move there and maybe a couple spots because we've seen the attrition – in that area of just being able to keep guys on the field throughout the season. And, you know, between the injuries to Ryan Watts and Catalan and everybody that kept kind of just getting beat up throughout the season and they'd be on for two games and then off and then on and off the field that you know you're going to need guys that can probably step in in the next season or two and at least play a few snaps for you and be able to come in those rotations. And so he said a big part of what they were looking for in the secondary with a lot of these guys is the athleticism and the brains to be able to kind of move around the field. And then by the time you get to your 
junior season, okay, you're going to be the starter in whatever position, and that's yours now. And we'll, we'll train you specifically to be the best at that. But your freshman season especially, and then into your sophomore, we kind of need you to be a little bit more versatile. Yeah, and you also have to put the, – the importance of having versatility in the secondary is you put versatility on tape. Yes. And what that does is when you go to disguise your coverage, it's more likely that when you have guys that are versatile, they'll believe the disguise yep. because they know, like, oh, no, we've seen that dude cover the flat a million times. He ain't covering the flat, right? He's jumping yeah. the middle route. Yeah, and it's it's a big part of PK's defense is, you know – you know, as much as Rob Bader is like talking about it, we see it more, and Sark is a proponent of it too, is that positionless football. And defensively, that's kind of what you want, is to be able to have guys in your secondary that, you know, it's not saying they're also linebackers, but it's saying we can move them where we need to move them. Yeah. And we can always have our best players on the field. We saw with Jade Barron at points this season, he was getting pulled off the field, and I don't think they want to have to do that, where they pull off a Jade Barron because of the package they're in. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. And I, it didn't work. It was. Ne- it, it's not successful for them to pull him off the field. And I'm not saying Jade was perfect in the secondary. But no, I don't think your defense is better with Jade not on the field. No, I agree with that 100. And that's so. I think when you're saying that, you realize with Jade, if we put him in in this power package, then we can't show. Is what you're saying? You know, if we show this, yes. they know what he's doing, right. and they can kind of target him, right? And you just you had to kind of take that at a certain point and trust Jot A to be you know the good enough. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. But you can't uh, you you're trying to cross train people that maybe he's an edge, maybe he's a boundary, and maybe he's on the nickel, maybe he's a star, maybe he's gonna drop back in safety. You don't know what he's gonna do. It's a great point there. Uh, we see that uh, another piece he talked about was asked early on about the interior defensive line because it was such a strength for Texas this year, but you're most likely losing two, if not three guys in the interior D line. So trying to restock and make sure that this becomes a factory for interior defensive linemen using the the year that Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy had as momentum to make it yeah. an interior D line school and continue to build that to give Bo Davis the reputation that he creates monsters in the interior D-line, you want to have that kind of work done, and you, you've you now built it. When you have two guys that are all Americans on that interior... Consistently, across every publication. If you can say that and you go, man, where else are you creating? Where else are they creating this? And those are recruits. These aren't transfers. Yeah. These guys, we recruited. And they stayed at Texas. We built these guys. Homegrown. We built it. One of these guys was laughing on a bus... And he turned into a consensus All-American when he got his act together. Yeah, but it only came out that he was the one laughing after he was already the All-American. He did, yeah. but he stayed. It's, Again, he stayed. Right. And he did it. And it's all these things that put together to help you when you're recruiting. You know, the same reason why Tashard Choice can go out and get really good running backs is because he had two of his running backs taken in the first round of the draft. Yeah. And Jameer Gibbs and, and B. John Robinson. That's right. That's right. And when you have that guy to walk in, so now when to, when he can say, I elevated Tavondre Sweat, and they go, we elevated him. And from the time we came in from what he was to what he is, and Byron Murphy from what he was to what he is, now look at what you are. We're going to have to put you in the program. You're going to have to trust us. You have to have the buy-in and the commitment. But if you do, the sky's the limit. We're not saying this is what you will be. We're saying this is what your potential is with us. And here yeah. is the interior. Here's Stark when he was asked about the importance of getting uh, interior D linemen in recruiting. It is it is a difficult position because I think, <clears throat> you know, from the from the naked eye, you, you can turn on a lot of big people that play defensive line in, in, in high school football, and they can all look like good players. Um, but sometimes – the level of competition can can um, can make them look a little better at times, depending on what they're going against, of uh, the, the the program that they're in, the way they've been developed, trying to trying to forecast what they can become when they get into our weight room and get into our program and strength and conditioning program with Coach Becton, when they get to work with 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 Coach uh, with Coach Bo every day and and what that looks like, and so the three guys we signed interior wise. We're really excited about Melvin Hills comes from a great program, Lafayette Christian, that he's a worker. He's a grinder. We had him in camp. We know what he looks like. He was had a very productive senior season. Uh, he became a real leader on that team. I think he's made of the right stuff uh, on that front. Alex January is unique, obviously coming from Dunkerville and what a program they have and, and the job that he did. But when you really look at a guy who's – you know, 6'5", 320 pounds, 
the guy was a baseball player all the way through his junior year of high school. And so every offseason, he didn't do any weight training because he was playing travel baseball. So two things tell me, big upside. He finally spent an entire year in the weight room at Duncanville. But two, talks to the athleticism that this big guy has, right? The hand-eye coordination, the foot coordination. Um, when you watch him play, the athleticism and the explosive, explosiveness that he plays with, we think this guy's got huge upside. Obviously a dominant year, player of the year in 6A on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and then Dontre Robinson, you know, very similar as well. Um, you know, this guy's well over 300 pounds, but the athleticism. Um, you guys probably saw some clips earlier in the year of him catching touchdown passes, one-handed touchdown catches. So now getting him immersed with, with Coach Bo, getting him with, with Coach Becton, um, we think all three of those guys will be impactful players for us in the program. How soon? That We'll see, right? Time will tell. But we think the future is very bright for those guys. And that's kind of what you want to see with Stark. He, and he mentions in there, because Stark has been a big proponent since he's gotten here, since day one of he wants to get big humans, right? He wants yeah. to recruit big humans. He talks a little bit more there in that clip where you get to hear him talk about, you know, how to scout big humans. And scout guys where, you know, we can make guys into big humans if they have good, you know, good hand-eye coordination, then we can make them bigger. We can put them in the weight room. So we want a guy like that. And also, we have to watch who are big humans who are not necessarily playing against other big humans. Yes. And judge, okay, we have to watch for other things on this film because we could bring in the biggest guys. And he's just dominating high schoolers all day long because at a certain point, size matters. And then we show him first day of spring practice, we put him up against our O-line, yep. and he's getting pancaked because he don't have the footwork, and he doesn't have the handwork, and all of a sudden he doesn't know and he doesn't have the balance or any of that stuff. You have to be able to go in and have conversations and talk to the coaches and, and look at the film and, and really in film, you know, high school film is miles ahead of what it used to be, but for defensive and offensive linemen, it's still difficult because you're not getting 12 different camera views where you're going to really be able to get a shot of just an offensive lineman or defensive lineman, see their hands and see their feet the way you'd like to be able to see it. Plus at the high school level, it's tough to tell if a human being is violent because that is the difference. There's everybody in yeah. college is a big human uh, yeah. on some level, right? And then at the at the NFL, it's just yeah. the next progression of that. The difference makers are you have to be violent when you're on that football field in the trenches. Yeah, you do, you do. And so it's interesting to hear him kind of go into what you look for when you start to try and recruit. And you go, well, we we've got our big humans now. We've started to build these, and now we get to kind of pick and choose a little bit more than maybe we were. Three years ago when we were recruiting and we were the new the new guy on the block, we maybe had to take some of these guys right. and take some more shots and hope that we could teach them everything else because we could just take the size and then teach them. Now we're trying to get people that are already further on that may be able to you know contribute in our program a little bit earlier. Now all these interior D linemen you don't expect to see very quickly though because you have to put on size. And Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy are perfect examples of guys that if you look at their high school picture to now, they're they were big then, they're gigantic now. Yeah, nutrition has come such a long way in the science of it. Yeah. And Texas is going to have the best of the best nutritionists working with them. Yeah. And in the, the weight room. The weight room is going to be huge. That. Yeah. Uh, something else that I thought was interesting in this, and this is somewhat about recruits, it's about the culture of this program that we've talked about with Sark. And it's something where you can talk about when you're looking at these signees and you're looking at players that you're going to want to bring in. And you want to know when people complain that. You know, there's going to be 20 guys transferred out of your program every year. You're trying to stop that. One of the things Stark talked about was the grade point average of this Texas team mm. and how he really wanted to mention it. He wanted to put this in to his press conference that he was proud of his students. And he explains in the clip that he's proud of what the GPA was for the team and when the last time the GPA was this good. And maybe there's a parallel. Uh-oh. Um, the last thing I want to touch on that, that I'd be remiss to that I'm, that I'm really proud of our team about, you know, we, we just finished up our, our fall semester in school and we just got our grades back. And um, we in roughly, and not all the final grades are to totally tallied, but we just got a 2.94 cumulative team GPA in the fall semester here at the University of Texas. And I, I say it to our players all the time, but who you are some of the time is who you are all of the time. So I, I don't think it's a coincidence that we're 12-1 and one playing in the college football playoff and we just recorded the highest cumulative team GPA Texas football has gotten 
um, since 2008. So ironically, this is arguably the best team we've had here in 14 years, and we're doing the best in school that we've done in the fall in 14 years. I do think those two things go hand in hand. And so I'm really proud of our players for the commitment that they've made to the program. And I, again, I think that that speaks to our culture, uh, that they're doing things the right way. I'm very proud of them and, and they, they should be, uh, you know, they should receive the, the accolades for that as well as much as what they do on the field. Now I saw your face, Jacob. That's for mom. Sark is always recruiting. He's a master recruiter. That <laughs> message was for mom. That is awesome. It is, but it also brings a parallel when he says, the last time we were getting good grades, yeah, no, we were a good football team. It's a good thing you should highlight it, but he waited until right now where it's like, it's that, that message was for mom. He's no, like, hey, but, mom, not only is your son going to be great at football yeah. here, but he's also, we're going to make is, sure he passes is, his class. It is on a signing day, too. Yes, exactly. And for all you people that are yeah. Yeah, that are maybe not enrolled yet and you're right. seeing what's happening. yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you're two 2025 class looking ahead. Yeah. No, that message was for mom. Good is, job, but, No, but I Good do job. like that he brings it out and he brings a point, though. It's, you know, this is, it, it, you know, I like to say what who you are sometimes is who you are all the time uh, in the in the culture of playing sports where it is, you know, you know, when you want to take that day off, one day off can lead to multiple days off. And, yep. you know, once you do that, then all of a sudden your routine's gone and now you're not the same player. And, and you know, you, you kind of need to have that continuous growth. And this is one of those things of, you know, it, it may not make sense and there's other ways of doing things. And it's not always the right, you know, not everything is done one way. However, to draw the parallel of, man, we had culture here once. And even though the team was not, you know, when the team was performing at the highest level and they were recruiting and everybody was acting on the highest level, our GPA was higher. And when it started to slip, everything started to slip. And it meant we had to get players that maybe we didn't think met our academic needs or meet right. everything we need. We had to start, you know, going and being below what we thought Texas should be to try and get back to where Texas should be. And, you know, that may not always work. Uh, it was something that Sark talked about the other day, uh, a month or so ago, was a conversation you know, with Pete Carroll, which was you can do things the way they've always done it and you'll get the results they've always got. Or you can do things the way you want to do them and you can try and get the results you want. And it'll be harder. And it'll be harder. Yep. But you can try and get the results you want. And that's part of it. Of If I want to be great, I need to need everybody else around me to be great. So I can't expect, if I just want to say, well, I'll be great and I'll get good. And then good will, if we get enough good, we'll be great. Right. Saying, no, I need everything to be great. Everything. And greatness doesn't mean you have to be the greatest. It means you have to be as great as you can be. And I need to get guys who want to be great and instead of somebody who, you know, when we see talent, that is, you know, people that are always on potential. Yeah, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Yeah. Right? And, and you, there's you, never a truer saying. And when you, we've seen guys that were always on potential that are stepping up now, yep. that's what you want to keep seeing with this program. So it's good to see. Uh, I, I'm going to play, I think I'll play in the next hour, I'll play the Texas volleyball clip, which has kind of got a little viral because they talked about out Texas volleyball and had the parallels between that. I know uh, some of the players spoke to the media uh, yesterday and they were mentioning about the Texas volleyball and how it's kind of gotten all the Texas football players to be like, all right, all right, goal set. It's an important message. And, and But they, all the football players seem to be the way of like, cool, y- y'all got the natty, we're going for ours now. Yep. Like we, we don't want, we want to make this something where it's special and everybody's going to have a great end of year where we get to both hold them, we'll hang out together. Tell you what, we're going to make this Director's Cup count. Yeah, let's make this one count. <laughs> we'll, we'll take the, the director's cup to the SEC where they're like, what's this? Uh, y'all are keeping track of that? <laughs> you don't keep track? We, just, we only care about football here. <laughs> uh, let's get to a little talk about Texas and Washington. And a, just a quick point on this because uh, it kind of leads to Patrick's big fat poll. But I wanted to bring up uh, something and just a couple, a few stats for you. Uh, looking at something about big game players. And this is something where it's not really an edge for either team, but it's something that I was looking at about Quinn Ewers, and I was curious about Michael Penix in this situation as well. But I want to look at some big games for Quinn Ewers and Michael Penix Jr. and say, do these guys show up? And we know with Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers has had bad games. They're usually not in the biggest game moments. He's had big games at games like you know Iowa State or Oklahoma State or K State, which you know I mean they're Big Twelve games. They matter. Yeah, they definitely but matter. But it's not right. the Big 12. It's not Oklahoma. It's not. The stage isn't as big. Yeah. Yeah. So if we look at 
Quinn Ewers this year, and the two best games he had, Big 12 and Alabama. Big 12 championship, 452 yards, four touchdowns and interception. Alabama, 340 yards, three touchdowns. Big time. Oklahoma game, 346 yards, one TD, two interceptions. Mm. So he has the two picks in that game. He does. One of them was not his fault, but he has two picks in that game. But he still has 346 yards passing. He still has a good completion percentage. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., not quite the same level. Uh, in the uh, Pac-12 championship, he had 319 yards, a touchdown, and interception. In the Oregon game, he had 302 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. So he Both did better in that game. Oregon. Both games against Oregon. Uh, but if you look at that game, Dylan Johnson had big games in both of those as well. Yes, had 100 yards in both of those. That is kind of where you look at it, and you can look at what Quinn Ewers did. And Quinn Ewers spread the ball around, and Sark spread the ball around the play calling a lot more. But if there's one other player that I'll mention of a big game player who's shown up, at least in the Big 12 championship in the Alabama game, or the Oklahoma game, I believe. It's either Oklahoma or Alabama. I don't have it down right now. Uh, JT Sanders. Yes. JT Sanders has been big in big games. And he's been a big target in big games. And for Washington, they have some guys because they only really have two main receivers that they're going to throw to a lot. They have a third receiver that's really good too, but they aim for two more a lot. JT Sanders is a tight end. He's not really your main. You really want Xavier Worthy or Adonai Mitchell to be your big play guys, but JT Sanders has stepped up big in those big games. And so if we're talking about big game players that might be the edge for Texas, JT Sanders may be the piece that gives Quinn Ewers an edge as another target that is not a normal wide receiver target and is a guy that seems to step up and plays through the injuries a little bit better and goes hard in those games when it matters the most. Sark has also shown us that when he has time to prepare for a game where the game means more, yes. Sanders gets more yardage. Yes, he he does. doesn't get more targets. He's still around that five to eight targets range, but his numbers are over 100 on those catches. He, he schemes him open really well and gets those plays over the middle. Right. And it's a two, it's two-headed sword, which is it's JT Sanders getting the ball over the middle and having one guy to beat, and JT San- and Sark scheming him to, man, you got one guy. And J.T. Sanders saying, well, one guy can't tackle me. Yep. And those two things together, if you take a big game and you make Sark scheme up, scheme him open and J.T. Sanders not let one man bring him down, that's another 20 yards sometimes. No, oh, no, it's big time. It's huge. And you see it You see it come up in the biggest games. That's what when we were talking about X Factors earlier in the week. That's why I went with J.T. Sanders because yeah. when Sark has time to plan, he plans for J.T. Sanders. He does. All right, let's get to the Big Fat Poll of the Day because I wanted to tie into this. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. All right, couple of polls for you today. One football, one just, one just for fun. Okay. One I want to keep going throughout the show. I want to talk to you guys, bring a little nostalgia back. But the first one that would come in out of this is who do you want to see get the, which receiver will lead the uh, Texas in targets? Now you can throw a running back in there. You can throw a tight end in there. Clearly, anybody can get targets. Uh, but whoever's who's going to get the most targets for Texas in this Sugar Bowl game? Because we talk about JT Sanders, and we don't know if his targets are going to go up. No, but we do know that he's probably going to get used more in this game. Do you think JT Sanders' targets maybe go up in this game? A little bit more. Do you think it's X-Man? He's clearly going to be the number one guy. Or do they go to Adonai Mitchell? Because, man, they're going over it. Do they go like the Oklahoma game? And they tried so hard to shut everybody down, and Jay Witt started to get more get more targets. Because they say, well, you know, you guys are scouting us. You don't. You may not know about Jay Witt the same way Big 12 knows about Jordan Winnington. Or you've seen Jay Witt run this shallow cross a bunch of times. Oh, my gosh, he's bending it up the seam. Oh, yeah, my and gosh. It's, but no, yeah. but you go watching film. You probably don't, if you're just watching film and you're doing this, you understand Jordan Whittington, but you're not going to understand the same way Big 12 coaches do. Right. So Big 12 coaches have seen this guy. Yeah. And they know everything he does, and they go, crap, like you can't. In Oklahoma, Brett Venables came in and did not respect him enough. No. So maybe it's Jay Witt. Just saying, it's possible in this game, if you're trying to find it, maybe it's Keelan Robinson. They use him out of the backfield some more. Just check downs all maybe day. Maybe it could be. Yeah. Who do you think? will lead the Texas in receiving in the Sugar Bowl. And the other question we want to ask, because this is the last show before Christmas, and we hope everybody's going to have a good holidays, whatever you celebrate, whatever you do. We have Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you guys do. What's the best Christmas present slash holiday present that you have ever received? It's Christmas presents. I've never heard anybody else tell me they got a great Hanukkah present or Kwanzaa present. So I'm going to go 
Maybe I don't, I don't hang out with enough other people, but I've never heard that. I've heard I've heard stories of Christmas presents. Just so. keep digging. I'm going to keep digging. Just keep digging. Dude, tell me. Just you keep... tell me. Who's going to come on this text line? Tell me. Please do. <laughs> I need more culture in my life is what they tell me. Yeah, I'll kick that one off. I did get a pretty cool gift. Uh, okay. It was about three or four years ago. My friends all pitched in. Whatever year, Mac Miller passed away. Okay. So my friends all knew that I'm a big Mac Miller fan, so they all pitched in and got me this really cool canvas painting of an iconic photo of Mac Miller, but it's yeah. all all sorts of different colors and all that. So that was the coolest one I got just because of the thought and effort that went behind it. I mean, they had nice. to order it like four weeks ahead of time to get it shipped here and all that. Uh, for record, it still is not hanging yet. They bought it for me because my apartment looked like a single male in his mid-20s wood. Yeah, yeah. nothing on the walls yeah, yeah, besides yeah. TVs. Yeah. So they got that for me. It's still not hanging, but I do love that picture a whole lot. <laughs> it sits up on my dresser. It's so it's, it's it's standing up. It's up. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> no. I look. I I can say I had. If you ever, if you can even ever heard into the series I used to do with my buddy Anthony White. Anthony and me had a present exchange where I think it was for my birthday at one point. He bought me a signed Ric Flair wrestling boat, which is a great gift. It was one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. And so I got that, and then I had we had to one, start one upping each other. Uh-oh. So I got him a signed George Pierre St. Pierre uh, signed UFC glove. Yeah, and, and so we were going back and forth, and he's got championship rings like Ref championship rings. <laughs> I've got it. He's got me. Arge and stuff so we have to go we've had to call a ceasefire on this by the way because i was like dude i don't have enough money but i'm gonna win this like yeah. i will go broke to win this battle of presents he's like well i got you 50 yard line seats at the super bowl so <laughs> no he knows me well enough to be like that would be like what are you what are you doing we're selling these no no but he gets we're me selling. we're selling these like a week before <laughs> yeah we're gonna wait and find out what teams are in and we're gonna get it no but so yeah what is your best christmas present you've ever gotten send that one in a little nostalgia for us uh, as we get to the holiday spirit, uh, if you have any Christmas traditions or anything weird you want to send into, you know, we just we're going to be off the rails today. We're going to keep going. When we come back, uh, we'll get into some uh, a little college football picks, uh, some NBA talk uh, as we get into Christmas, when is kind of the second start of the NBA season, where people start to pay a little bit more attention to the NBA starting on Christmas, and then once you get past football it gets even more but we'll get all that when we come back here on the sports complex in the horn 109 and 1260 the horn app at hornfm.com hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons only on the horn. Time of year again when it's not a hundred, a hundred days in a row. And even though it's chilly out, I seriously doubt we'll get snow. We hear about old Santa's sleigh, but there's no Jack Frost nipping that our nose. Our winter wonderland just isn't really all that. Back on Sports Complex here on the Horn. It's a 512 Friday, so I'm playing some local Christmas music for you. This is Dave Mann doing Texas Christmas here on a Friday for you. You can find that. It's a Dave Mann, a, a very talented guy uh, with his his Christmas song, talking about the nice Texas weather, where today I was like, I could have worn shorts. Yeah. I could have like, worn so shorts. So Christmas morning, uh, it's about <laughs> 85. And about 85, yeah, just going out and you're like, I got a Christmas sweater, way too hot to wear it. Yeah, it's Christmas, what are we doing? Barbecuing. <laughs> got the AC cranked up. <laughs> uh, text lines open, 512-447-3776. Which receiver will lead Texas and targets? What was the best Christmas present you've ever gotten? 
I expect. I, I think we've already we've got already got a couple on there. Got a couple some good answers. Yeah. I think some are getting closer in the world of like I remember I got a Castle a Castle Gray School one year. Oh. Any any guesses what that's from? No. Let me guess. Uh, he man. He man. Sorry. He man. Yes. Oh, I know what that is. You should know what He Man is, yeah. But I did, and I remember we had to build the whole thing. Back when you had to build the to- you get the toys, and then it was just like the uncle's job. To put it together. Yeah, it was uncle's yeah, job yeah. to put it together. Uh, let's talk a little, uh, a couple bowl games. We'll get to some NBA talk. Uh, first, uh, let's start. So there's a few bowl games this weekend. Nothing that's too important to us. I didn't really want to get into any of those. or you know, It's a little. But there is some games that are coming up uh, down the road. So Tuesday, we get to see Texas State versus Rice. Texas State just down the road. Very good that they're back in a bowl game. G.J. Kinney has been extended as a head coach after taking him back and getting him to uh, postseason football for the first time in a while. Uh, T.J. Finley is a quarterback. He'll be playing in this game. He had uh, over 3,000 yards passing. He's improved his uh, passer rating or passing completion percentage every year. He transfer, He was originally at LSU, transfers to Texas State. He was starting out in the 50s in his percentage. It's gotten up close to 69% now. Nice. So we got there. You also had 24 TDs and eight interceptions. I know. I couldn't I couldn't resist. The way you just kept rolling past it, too. <laughs> uh, they're playing in the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl. Oh. I so. I'm not going to make fun of that one. That's, that's a very worthy name. I know. Serve Pro's great. <laughs> I like the first responders too, guys. Uh, the question is for Rice, uh, who, what they're going to be able to do offensively. TJ Finley, it seems like this Texas State offense is going to be able to roll on Rice. Uh, the big question is, what can Luke McCaffrey do? We saw him when Texas played Rice at the beginning of the year. Uh, that's if he's McCaffrey, I mean, the athletic ability is there. Yeah, no, right. he was he was clearly the best player on that offense when right. Texas played them this year. So we will see what they're able to do in that game. Texas State is favored by five and a half. It seems like this should be a Texas State game that they could e- easily win. They were 26th in the nation in points per game and 16th in yards per game. Now, keep in mind competition level, right? Texas State yep. is not playing massive schools, but they did extend that coach for a reason. They've only had two non-losing seasons since their jump to FBS. Yeah, And so this guy is, a, is the ray in, of shining light that they've been looking for. I'm super happy for him. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, there are some good games on Wednesday. That's when kind of bowl season, I feel... The 27th. It feels like that's when bowl season is really going to start kicking off with some really good games. Uh, we do see North Carolina versus West Virginia in the uh, worst name uh, bowl game for North Carolina. What's that? It's a Duke's Mayo Bowl. Oh, come on. What? You shouldn't have North Carolina in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. It seems, seems contradictory that their main rival is Duke. We couldn't give them another bowl game. It's also the grossest game uh, to be an announcer. Like, if Duke's Mayo Bowl, and they were like, Patrick, break of your career, you get to go be the color commentator for the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I'd be like, turning it down. I need the money. Could really use the career opportunity. I'm not going to eat mayo on a bunch of stuff. Mayonnaise is gross by itself. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mayonnaise whoa. is disgusting. Not a mayo guy? I hate mayo. What? I'm with Rod on a lot of white condiments. Me and Rod are similar in a lot of white condiment worlds. I don't make a sandwich without mayo. I cannot eat it. It's gross. Take, I hate I hate burger restaurants that feel like it's okay to just put it naturally on things. Be like, no, mayo's everything. No, it's gross. No mayo on the burger either? No. No mayo on anything. Dude. No mayo in my oh. fridge. Don't need it. I'm going to have to rethink how I view you <laughs> No mayo. It's gross. Uh, and then they make the... And trust me, watch, watch old clips from the Duke's Mayo Bowl or watch it on Wednesday... And they're going to make the announcers eat different mayo products throughout the game. Oh, that are just like just spoonfuls of mayo. Like it is, it's disgusting. Like the dude at the ballpark that was eating just out of a tub of mayo with the spoon. Kind of, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And I think they've had like Mike Golick Jr. do it a couple times, and he's like all bored for it. No, that's funny. Yeah, it's it's so disgusting. Like it is turn the TV off. Disgusting at points. Like, are they just like both hands in the jar or like what are no, we no, doing because, here? Well, and it's normally like one guy will be like, all right, I'll do this because it's a paycheck. And then the, and then the color commentator will be like, oh, hilarious. Oh, you think they're going to do the mayo on a hot dog bit? Probably. No, but I think it's worse than that. I think it's like, here's a mayo and an Oreo. What? Yeah, it's bad. I'll, I'll look them up. I'll look them in the break. I'll see if I can find you some of these. Oh, please don't. We can just move on. No, we're going to do that. Uh, if you want to see that, Drake May, though, is going to be gone for UNC. Uh, they were in two or three in their last games, and now they're losing uh, one of the top picks in the draft. It's going to be a heavy run game. They do have some good running backs at UNC. Uh, West Virginia is also not a great team, but they played better this season. I have West Virginia. They're, they're fair by six and a half, uh, but I still I would have West Virginia in this game just because I think UNC is kind of 
going to be struggling without a lot some of their players. I'll take I'll take Mac and UNC. I think if there's something Mac can always do, it's run the football right in yeah. some way or form. And I'll take I'll take Mac to stay within the number on that. Uh, and then we get uh, Louisville versus USC in the DirecTV Holiday Bowl, Ooh. which would be hilarious if it's on ABC and they still don't have DirecTV ABC here in, oh. uh, in Austin. I don't know. It would be kind of funny to me. but It's on Fox. It's on Fox. Okay. Uh, but on- Louisville, they know better. <laughs> uh, I bet it was originally scheduled for ABC. <laughs> an interesting game here for USC because they have had such a down season. Now, of course, Caleb Williams is not going to be playing in this game as well. Uh, we see what Louisville did after getting losing to Florida State in a game where the entire country was rooting for them. Yep, and they couldn't do it Could against not the get... third QB for Florida State. <laughs> Brock Lynn. You know what? You're right. Let's change up the playoffs. Florida State gets in. <laughs> what Sorry. If, what if, Gotta if, take a shot. If Louisville, if I, this, you're kind of rooting for USC. Just be like, I told you they were bad. Yeah. <laughs> told you. They kept it close with Louisville, and Louisville kept it close with USC. <laughs> no, but if USC wins by like 40, <laughs> you're like, yeah, you guys suck. ACC sucks, dude. Uh, oh. By the way, USC, by Florida State's not getting out of the ACC, right? No, they're suing. They're suing. No, for no, it. but they're not. Like this isn't gonna. No, it, they, they, the, I the don't words, think they were ever going to. I think the the best case just, scenario is they want that window to renegotiate that TV deal to yeah. be shorter. Yeah. yeah, but I, I, from what all the reports are of that contract, it is thought to be ironclad. Yes, it's not great. Yeah, it's uh, not looking great for uh, Florida State. USC and their pity party is going to be starting Miller Moss in the game as a four-star quarterback. Who's uh, that? That is the quarterback for USC right now. Ah, okay. Pocket passer. So uh, not going to be running the ball quite like Caleb Williams. Watched a lot of tape on him? Uh, I've read one scouting report. <laughs> one scouting report. Uh, Texas A&M uh, is also playing in a game uh, with uh, against Oklahoma State. So a fun game for Texas fans to root for this one. You'd like Oklahoma State to win, because, and then it's, it's hilarious because you beat Oklahoma State and they beat A&M. So just a fun one. If Aggies beat Oklahoma State somehow worse than you did, which seems like a long shot. You didn't just beat Oklahoma State. Beat the brakes off. You one. embarrassed them. Which I think Mike Gundy's want to come out here and show what's up. Yes. Uh, you're going to see they uh, they still have Alan Bowman on this team. They still have some good players on this Oklahoma State team. Yeah, and A&M. Uh, they're, 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 uh, Ollie Williams, he's going to be back Ollie like Gordon. Gordon. Ollie yeah. Gordon is going to be there as well. So uh, this, is, this should be a win for Oklahoma State. Texas A&M is favored. Uh, but with all the transfers, the new coaching change. I was going to say, they're not. I mean, who all's playing for AM? Because it seems like half their team's in the portal because of the whole, you know, the theory that none of the NIL is getting paid out over there. So we will see. We'll see what comes out of that one. But that's another fun one to watch. That's the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Yeah, go Cowboys. Because if one thing people want to think about when they're watching football and. You know, in our Christmas holiday. Taxes. Taxes. Well, you do because it's right around the season for a tax return. I mean, it is fun to put Oklahoma State and Texas A&M and combine them with taxes in three things that I could do without. Uh, well, <laughs> see, I don't think you're getting past them anytime soon. Oh, no. Uh, some uh, NBA games uh, mentioned the Spurs lost to the Bulls last night, 114-95. to 95. No big surprise in that one. No, Wimby didn't play, did he? Wimby did play. Oh. Wimby did play, had an okay game. Uh, they were able to hang in there, and then, of course, in the fourth quarter, it starts to pull away again. And no. they're still they're they're getting closer to the point where people are curious if they are going to basically nosedive the season or try to make a trade. See if they Doug McDermott's contract expiring. Uh, Jetty Osman is an expiring contract. Do they do, do they want to bring either of these guys back? Do they want to trade them off to a contender? See kind of where these pieces go. People are looking at Keldon Johnson. Ooh. Uh, you know, uh, Spurs fans starting to lose some love for Jeremy Sohan. I'm seeing more and more times that Jeremy Sohan doesn't pass the ball to Wimby when he gets on the court, and Wimby's getting like cut into the basket, and no, he man. just I saw him in an HEB commercial the other day. He's in the eighth man. It feels good. To have what him, can he not do one handed? Oh, okay, what are we doing? What are we doing? Here? Pass, pass. pass. <laughs> he can't pass one handed. <laughs> uh, some big games over the weekend. Uh, the Mavericks and Rockets are playing tonight. Yes, they are. Uh, that is a big game. Rockets paired by seven and a half in that. It is at home. They have a good defense, and the Mavs are beat, beat up still. Oh yeah. Uh, are so, they ever going to get healthy? I, I, you figure at some point, uh, inevitably they will. Yeah, but at but what, then if at Luka what gets hurt, you fighting for your playoff life because you were unhealthy all season. They've and they've still been able to win some games, but that'll be a fun one to see in Texas. Uh, if they if the Rockets are able to start really gaining grasp, if they are starting to take over the lead of the best team in Texas. On Saturday, we get Spurs and Mavericks. Mm-hmm. So we'll see that one. The Mavs get a rebound game after the Rockets game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The Rockets were favored against the Hawks, too, and they found a way to screw that one they up. They did. They did. 
Uh, also on Monday, the Christmas games, you get some good matchups. The Bucks are three and a half point favorites over the Knicks. The Celtics are four and a half favorite point favorites over your in-season champion Los Angeles Lakers. Also the greatest team in the NBA because they won the in-season tournament. Yeah, you have to add, <laughs> that's their full title. Four and a half point dogs. Four and a half point dogs in that game. No one believes in us, man. <laughs> and then you also have the Mavericks closing out the, uh, the night there on Sunday. The Mavs just playing nonstop basketball. On Monday, they play, they play a back-to-back Friday, Saturday, and then play the night game on Christmas. That's why they can't get healthy. It is, uh, it's, a, it's a good part to have guys sit out, though, because when they come back, they're, they're not going to have this beat-up schedule. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will get into uh, your text messages, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. Uh, we are asking you who will get the most receptions or most targets uh, for Texas in the Sugar Bowl. And we're also asking you, what is the best Christmas present you ever got? If you got any weird Christmas traditions, I'd love to hear those too. If you got anything that maybe is a little odd that you didn't know was odd when you were growing up and then all of a sudden you got older and you were like, you go to your friend and you're like, hey man, remember when we played Pin the Tail on the Santa? And they're like, no, no one does that. I got some real cozy socks one time. They're very loud, so I don't wear them out in public, but they are a staple at the house. <laughs> they're they're loud like they're just loud and obnoxious so i don't they've you got, would pay, wear pants then yeah i mean i could do that they just sure. they're underneath them they're just they're so comfy they're meant for the house you oh, have to see okay. them. i'll take a picture okay. of them and send them to all you. right yeah uh we're gonna do that but keep sending that stuff in and i promise i won't judge you like i just did jacob i promise <laughs> mark it on some things we'll come back here on the sports complex on the horn 1019 am till 60 the horn app and hornfm.com the sports complex with patrick davis on the horn Sports Complex here on the Horn, playing a, some music, some local Christmas music here on a 512 Friday. Why'd you turn that down, man? I was grooving out. You were grooving out? Yeah. This is some, uh, some Vallejo, please not be done. As the kids say, it was a vibe. It's a vibe, man. It's a vibe. It, it gets a little bit heavier here in a minute. Oh, okay. I, I thought it got a little heavier earlier. Oh, okay. Not listen to it <laughs> at least in a year. <laughs> so that was Christmas music. Here we go, Wade. There we go. Yeah, so you just got to yes. add some more in there. Yeah, there we, we go. go. Uh, we hope you're having a good holidays. Hopefully you're not working today. We got. We decided we were going to come in and work. For you. Well, for you guys. For you. It's always for you. <laughs> we appreciate you guys hanging with us on the text line. Wouldn't it be cool if y'all gave us the day off? Just saying. <laughs> 512-447-3776. Uh, we got the text line going. We are asking you uh, which receiver will have the most targets in the Sugar Bowl and also... What's your favorite present you ever got on Christmas? If you want to go back to when you were a kid, maybe it's an adult present. Maybe it's a kid present. Maybe it's a kid present you got when you were an adult. Um, I'm trying to think. I think I've used my two options. You didn't get anything good when you were a kid? When I was a kid, I mean, it's all the standard stuff, right? It's like the you ever new, get like a, a gaming system? No. I didn't get it for Christmas. That was always a birthday. That was idea. a birthday thing. Yeah. Okay, I see. Because they, they, yeah, the 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 system is always like the cool. You get that, and you're like, oh, oh my god! I take that back. We went and waited in line at Best Buy when they first released the Wii's. Oh, uh, okay. The remote and all that, so we could play Wii Sports. You're you're too young to remember Nintendo sixty four. No, I, I I know one of those. I, I had one. As okay, a kid. but that's this is the thing though. Is Nintendo sixty four when that came out? Yeah, it's still probably one of the greatest systems to ever come out because it was like it came out and then it's still cool today. It's still right. stuff, and well, they had the best introduction. No, but they had the best like introductory games and all the stuff. The playability of it still exists. Yeah, which some other systems you're like, this is not very playable. And 
It's and so that was one that when you got that for Christmas, it was the best. And then you're like a year later, you're like this is still I'm still playing this. Yeah, Nintendo Which was, 64. But the Nintendo crowd is a little bit naturally nostalgic. They yeah. kind of hang on to the past. I, it, yeah, I mean, I think people are naturally nostalgic. That, are, that, are like, that community more so than are, our PlayStation people just like let it die. When's the last time? <laughs> when's the last time you saw a Nintendo game that didn't feature Mario, Donkey Kong, Luigi? You saw all of those on N sixty four. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you had no. You had uh, you had Star Fox, and then they had Mario Soccer, Mario Tennis, Mario Basketball. Look, I, I'm sorry, Mario Kart. That you you don't appreciate uh, Mario Mario in Mario the Italian Party. the Italian American Hall of Fame. Mario the Plumber Adventure Game of his. <laughs> uh, Texter says, "I'm thinking your intro music. What is it? It is the Heebie Jeebies. The song is called uh, No Doubt. Uh, if you want to go check out what those guys are doing now." Uh, Eddie Hernandez from DHBGBs has a band called ADH Project. The number eighty, the letter H, Project. You oh, check that out. That is uh, who who does our entrance music for us. A local band here in Austin, some friends of mine. So we play that every day. I appreciate you you tuning in, checking that out. Uh, Scarlet says Sarko's through X Men, so I got to believe Worthy will get the targets. Best gift. I'm Gen X straight up. That green bright uh, the green bike my mama got me for Xmas when she was twelve was beyond when I was twelve. That's was beyond to epic. Yeah. No, the bike. The bike was always a big one. It's a solid one. You get out. You become more independent. Yep. It, that's You don't realize it when you're a kid that they're literally like, get out yeah. of my house. Will you go play outside, <laughs> please? Ride this as far away as possible. <laughs> Do not die. That's the only rule. And then come, and then come right back because I'll miss you. Uh, come back at the dinner. Make sure. We just got to make sure you're not dead. That's all we need. And then go back out on the bike. I like that one, and uh, and up front one. I think I think X Man. You're probably going to get the most targets. That's probably the safest bet. But what we might see, depending on how this goes, they you know we've seen Sark break tendency in big games before. He may break tendency in in at least in the first half. Go more J T Sanders, Adonai Mitchell. I think you're going to see the run game heavily featured, considering how much it got stopped last year. I think you're going to see it featured because he's going to want to try and make sure it is implemented early in this year, and this uh, Washington defense has to respect it. I'll, I'll go back to what we were talking about with JT earlier because I went back and looked at the numbers a little bit in that Alabama and that Oklahoma State game. Yes, he only had five to eight targets, but he was one and two in terms of targets for yes. both of those games because the ball was spread around so evenly. Yes, so that's it's going true. to be tough to pick. It'll be tough to pick. Uh, this texture says mayo is good, maybe not for your body, but it's delicious. That's, that's just a, a downright lie. It's fake news. Mayo is gross. No, mayo is delicious. It's disgusting. It's gross. It's a staple on sandwiches. All right. I'm going to show you these clips, and you're going to hate it afterwards. For the uh, mayo bowl? Yeah. But we got to take a quick break. We <laughs> come back. We'll get to more of your text messages. Start to get in some NFL talk as well. Here on the Sports Complex, keep the text coming. 512-447-3776 here on the uh, Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com.